0: We studied Sha'ul and the famous witch of Endor and we had seen that certainly in the second case a great deal of rabbinic commentary As to whether in fact Shemuel was raised from the dead or not was discussed by the rabbis The rabbis could not let this text sit by itself the rabbis the geonim the rabbis from the more rational 9th 10th 11th centuries were very upset and very concerned by this particular narrative and therefore they discussed and therefore we see it as, quote-unquote, strange, but true. There's no doubt that these are very strange narratives. Tonight, we, we will visit another strange narrative, yet strange in a very different way than the above two narratives. The above two narratives dealt with what we might call the supernatural. First of all, we had spoken about God and his entourage, his court of angels, on one hand, which is certainly a supernatural kind of issue and second of all of course we all agree that raising the dead would be a supernatural kind of an issue here the strange
1: factor
0: that's yeah that's the uh George. the joy to the joy chair uh-huh. here the strange factor is more psychological and therefore in some ways stranger On the other hand it's more subtle in trying to understand what is really strange or why I have chosen that particular narrative as a strange narrative we will simply have a hard time understanding the motives of the primary character and yet what's very funny about this is that you will see a tremendous amount of rabbinic activity trying to unstrangize the character remember that we had said That the degree of rabbinic activity is going to point to how in fact strange a narrative really is. The more rabbinic activity means the more they could not deal with the text as it is. Which we understand. We understand why that would be the case. They're not comfortable, rabbis not comfortable with a text that is strange. The rabbis have to, in some way or other, have to try to cleanse, quote unquote, the text of its strange features. A text that remains strange to the untutored eye can leave that person with the wrong idea. In other words, obviously enough, the rabbis were not very comfortable with the notion that Shemuel was raised from the dead. And therefore rabbis had to deal with that as an issue. And therefore they ended up, as Natalie would teach her child very simply, her student child simply didn't really happen. We can't accept it as having happened as it's written. If we're going to change it, we're going to sanitize that text. Similarly, we may not be very, not be very happy with you Yuh Aleph and bit Very strange context. God bested by Satan, more or less, what it comes out to be. Which God Hashem says, you made me swallow him again. I swallowed him for no reason, Yorv. And it happens again. How, do we, how comfortable are we with that? So, certainly the rabbis are not going to leave a text that can be misinterpreted, misunderstood, giving you the wrong ideas about Judaism alone, and therefore they're going to try to comment their way out of the strange of the text. My goal over here is not really to try to deny the strangeness of a text, but are just to point out that there are certain strange texts, and we should be intrigued by them, should be impacted by them, and see where we want to go with them. Right, and you could eventually raise the question as you go along, why do the rabbis allow these strange texts to remain in Tanakh? Rabbis could have censored, could have removed them, could do anything they want. From the text. From no the text. whole book, but not the whole text. A chapter. That's not a part. A chapter, a word. They've, they, they've done that to words called Tikkunes There are 50 Tikkunes Ofrim, some in the Bible, some in the Torah, some in the Navi, where they said these words are not appropriate over here. We're going to take these words out it's an interesting study in of itself. Tikunes rabbis amended in quotes the text. Called What that really means it needs a very extensive discussion. twice in the Chumash and thirteen times in the Navi. It's a good. You should be have shock and surprise about that. The
1: Navi doesn't surprise
0: Correct. Very much so. Where the notion that is presented as is would give the person reading it the wrong idea. Right? What, so we're not going to pursue this right now. What
2: they think is the wrong idea.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Correct. What they think is the wrong idea. So therefore they changed it. So, not to pursue this now, it's known as tikkunes whole article on Tikkun sofrim, where the rabbis amended in quotes the text. And there, here we'll have interestingly enough, two schools of thought. One school which was so upset about this notion that rabbis amended the text, what they say? The text was Originally, the way right. Where we had it, where we have it, and then somebody changed it, the way and we, they fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> along those lines, along those lines, uh, whether or not it was X that changed it to Y, or really it was Y all along, incorrectly written. For example, in Zechariah, we have one text that says, "Hashem shall safeguard you, Kishon, ki Ino, Kibat ki Ino, will safeguard His people as He safeguards the pupil of His eye." Bingo, how could that be? God doesn't have a pupil. We don't pray that God does say that. They change that. Not of his pupil, but of the people's pupil. We safeguard you the way he would safeguard your pupil. Of I. Or um, in, in Habakkuk, you have Habakkuk castigating God, angry at God, upset at God, for whatever reason it is, and he says, I will stand by my watch to see my. HaShiva Tukhakti What I will respond to my rebuke Should be my, to my Should be what you will respond to my rebuke. So it's changed around a bit. This again So there's 13 of these 13 of these in Navi and Ketuvim and there are two of them or three of them Two probably two in Torah itself. So one should be surprised about that So really what you said over here is the rabbis went over every word of Tanakh they counted every word. They were concerned about every single word. They're involved in every single word. <clears throat> and they will change words. Now that's point number one. For example, if you look at another example of this, this is not what they um, talk about. If you look at the 25th, I don't put up the time for just point out to you very quickly. In the 24th chapter of the book of Shemuel Bet. 24, 25th, 24th chapter in the book of Shemuel Bet. You could raise the question to me, what's it's all about? By Yosef, And God's anger was rekindled against the Jewish people. God is angry with the Jewish people. But David by him and he entices or pushes or encourages David, saying to him, "Go count the Jewish people." As though this counting seventy-five thousand Jews. Are killed, right? As of this counting. Now, what happened over here? David is pushed, enticed to count the Jewish people. And then, there were, there's, and then there's, there's a there's punishment, there's punishment for there's it. it. Problem. The the book of Chronicles, written 450 before the Common Era, <coughs> says a different text. If we looked it up, we would find it says, <laughs> The satan, the demon, is the one who pushed David to cap the Jewish people, not Hashem. So the theology of the Book of Jeremiah could not tolerate Hashem pushing and punishing. The satan does it, it's a different story. So the word has changed from Hashem I to satan. To not my issue right now. Not my issue right now. Just simply, the rabbis went over this, every word, and they changed where it would be changed. Now furthermore, an interesting question that we could open up, not to pursue fully, but The Dead Sea Scrolls does in fact show chapters in the Book of Shemuel, Book of Yirmiyahu, that we don't have. Now I'm done the research to find out exactly why we don't have those chapters. Right? Dead Sea Scrolls, yes, Dead Sea Scrolls has every book of the Bible, with the exception of Esther, and it has additional chapters in Shemuel, if I remember correctly, and Yirmiyahu now what does that mean were they accidentally not supposed to be there were they supposed to be there I'm not opening up this whole pandora's box right now just to be aware if the rabbis found these texts inappropriate were they already canonized if were not untouchable or were the rabbis in the process of canonization and left and left in and took uh, that? in other words the rabbis made very important editorial des- decisions They, for example, had left out all the pseudopographical writings. There's tons of books the rabbis left out. The Apocrypha. The Apocrypha, all those writings the rabbis left out. They had questions about certain books. We know. Kohelet, big question. The book of Hezkel, big question. Book of Shida very big question. We can't put these these writings in. Shida is it's licentious. It's lewd to Shireen. You don't read that English with your little children right serious on the other hand koheret Devaras v'otrim zeetzer self-contradictory serious problem okay how about the Book of the Devaras v'otrim his words in the last four chapters of the Korbanot Chajrut the Book of Vayikra how do we deal with these books (coughs) so the truth of the matter is that the rabbis dealt and made very serious editorial decisions about all these issues. Now, they surely could have moved a chapter here and if they wanted to. They may not have been canonized already. Interesting question. Nevertheless, the rabbis left these chapters. And again, Yerb, Aleph, and I don't know why they left it. Very striking. Dramatically wonderful. Maybe because nobody would take it so literally true. They weren't worried about it from that point of view. Okay, they weren't worried about it from that point of view. Good. So, what about the witch of Andor and raising the dead. Were the rabbis comfortable with us reading these chapters about raising the dead? Interesting question. Our king no less. And our king no less. Okay, so we're not going to solve that issue. Why is it here? But it's only an interesting issue. Yeah. Is,
1: this, uh, is, this, is it possible that the, the traditions that we looked at, the, the common... That is a part at, Okay. 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 The commentaries that we looked at it would be possible that they are as old or older than the canonization process and therefore when they wrote those midrashim and they were making a point They couldn't have made that point without the end story for the old story So therefore they let it stand because they felt that they got to they making an important point point. Okay, could possible?
0: be, yeah, possible. But our commentaries were mainly medieval. The ones that we
1: looked at, right?
0: We didn't they
1: look at. All midrashim that were ancient.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Calling midrashim from where the
0: from the, probably from probably from the yeah from the classical, the, classical sources. Yeah, old? some of them I we have to go back and look at the chronology no, so I can.
1: Technically,
0: some of those are as old as canonization or older. Perhaps. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. No, that has to be really thought about. No, we don't really
1: know.
0: We don't really know what canonization took place to begin with. Right. That's number one point. Number two point, it's an interesting point to say that we're going to leave a very striking text in order to comment on it. But it's not a bad idea. The comment may be more... Provoking, thought provoking. No, the opposite. Maybe more, uh, what's it, maybe more <coughs> commentary. Yeah, more illustrative of what is really Torah I thought, I thought I in the, the text.
1: You said something strangely exciting to me. I don't huh? think it's that exciting, bro. but
0: to me it's exciting because I'm weird. I'm strange. Nobody arguing. That's why I keep at the end of this class, so you'll be that, destrangized.
1: That we can learn a lot about rabbinic philosophy mm-hmm. through the things that they negated more than through the things that they promulgated.
0: Absolutely, absolutely correct. That, and
1: that's what we're finding out. Of. Right, and it's Good point. It's interesting because when you ask the question, "What is rabbinic theology?" or or my main question is always, "Why?" is anthropomorphism a problem the torah is ambiguous half the time it is anthropomorphic sometimes it's not but
0: really is it not
1: so so why is it such a problem for us that's because it came through in rabbinic with rabbinic writing the rabbinic negation of it right that that's the, the rabbinic philosophy it's not from the torah
0: correct the correct question. right right absolutely right
1: the right to If the if the Pharisees were were not the the winning party, so to speak, Mm there's another group who believed in uh, in the form of God. you have would have have succeeded. They're
0: pagans. (laughs) Do that.
1: No, but if you, I don't know what the Sadducees and the Scribes would they believe, but let's just say for instance, that they did, and they have been successful. Maybe our whole philosophy would be different.
0: Correct. Correct. Maybe we'll books but no, but it would have been gone. It would have gone through different stages, and at a certain point in time, somebody would have said that we can't have a physical God. Rama would have come along anyway. It should have taken a step, taken a, step, a thousand years longer for us for Rama to do well, to the, the rabbis, rabbis what the rabbis did to the Torah. Okay, this is a question
1: for another class. Maybe next summer we can talk about that. Why are the rabbis so convinced that God should not? Should not be important. okay. It good question, to
0: the right? Very important question, right? Yeah, very important question. Okay, let's go back to our text over here. You're sorry,
2: it's just it's not sitting right. I see two different things, I see two different time periods without even knowing the facts. You have something that we say we have right. the real Torah, we have things the same thing, thing from God, all the other nations and their, their whatever they call their Bibles or whatever are, are not the real thing. Those are meant now. We're saying here that the rabbis you, you said very easily yeah they could change it they could um, they could take things in and out they could change they could makes no sense no, no, but i see these two things as, as contradictory no, 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 taking no. out or changing it sounds to me without knowing the facts that sounds like they no it's 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 it sounds like it had to be two different periods of time and i don't even know which one would would have been first where you could get away with this, but you can't get away with that. Later, okay, we'll just open oh, we up a whole different story, which we don't open up
0: right now. And then the key point of it is, you have to do much a lot, of, a lot more work before we come to even discuss this issue. Okay, but okay. just hold on to that disturbingness because it's a whole different topic that we don't to talk about right now. But strange but true, the the rabbinic activity in this period of time was more extensive than you may have imagined. But the rabbis had that power. The rabbis are the ones who had fifth, sixth century. Earlier, fourth Yeah, earlier. mishnah so, period. They wrote things and they said things that were overwhelming. I mean, an interesting follow-up to this might be next year if David wants to uh, pursue this. Would be strange but true with Rashi which would be in, even more interesting.
1: Strange as to, but uh,
0: true. 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 Well, true in quotes. True in quotes. So yes, yeah, things like that. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, some of
0: you right, there's many many midrashim where you could choose You know any one of numerous ones and think about what was the rabbi's intent over here in the sense you're asking What's the philosophy of midrash? midrash was, but don't take the normative midrash. you take the more bizarre midrashim and see what was the intent over here? That's more extensive and more expansive. We're not gonna worry about that right now. Let's open up to Shemuel Aleph Chapter 25
1: Right?
0: Well, <laughs> Shemuel, Aleph, chapter 25. And again, I won't foretell you, to you, I won't foretell the strange factor over here, but rather, you want to see it on your own. Right? We open up this chapter with the death of Shemuel. Shemuel dies. by kabitzu kol Yisrael ve'i all the Jew gathers and mourn him and they bury him in his home in the high places David rises up and he goes to Midbar Paran a lot of information is offered to us in this pasuk now one can raise the question do all these facts have an interrelationship or are they just simply separate facts that were loosely hung together so we prefer not to think that it was separate facts loosely hung together but rather there's an interrelationship with these facts you have Shemuel passing away all of Israel gathers and mourn him and they all bury him in his home David almost as a result of this gets up and goes down to the Paranian desert so why tells us about now is there any reason why to tell me about Shemuel's death and tell me about the linkage of Shemuel's death massive mourning David gets up and he runs, or goes down, to Midbar Paran. Shemuel David? Okay, good. So the first thought that we could have over here is that there was some kind of relationship between Shemuel David and, and Sha'ul. Sha'ul, prior to this, was chasing David to erase the threat to the throne. And Shemuel's presence might have had some kind of an effect on the intensity of Shaul's pursuit, although put that in question marks because Shaul was pretty intense in his pursuit prior to this. Very intense. So, we're not really sure if that really is the issue. Let's think a little bit more about this. Well,
1: I was only going to say that since Shaul went and went Dabi, it was a public act. So, the public.
0: He actually was the public, it was a private act.
1: It was a private act. Yeah. Um, so was it known publicly? The public was not
0: aware yet? Not, not the mass of the public. That's an interesting thing. Shemuel has to deceive Shaul well, to get there. He's afraid of Shaul. He was afraid of Shaul. Sure. And he pretends he's going to just have a party and he ends up doing it privately. So that wouldn't be there. But let's look at Shimu'el, Make a couple of statements about Shimuel himself. We would agree that Shimu'el was a larger-than-life personality. What does it mean to be larger-than-life? It means that you impact upon others. Your value system becomes the value systems of society and the culture at large. Your ideas become the cultural norms of that society's culture. They become the cultural norms of that culture. Right? You, I, you dominate the ideological scene. Now, can anybody think of a contemporary or a last 50-year personality about whom we could say the same? Okay, Freud. Good. Not so much any longer because Freud's been disproven in many ways. Yes, right. But Freud, during the 30s and 40s and 50s, was the cultural icon. Where even people who never read Freud knew about Freud. He filtered through. Remember how once in... Uh, I was working on from with Cabby Cabasso. must have been 60-something years old. And he quoted Freud to me. I was shocked. <coughs> Here's a man who had not gone to college not well versed in these disciplines, yet he's quoting Freud. How did you know about Freud? Because when you're a cultural icon, when you're so overwhelmingly pervasive, this goes back, let say, to the mid-60s already, that, and you know, Kavikov, say, grew up in the 40s and 50s, so he would have absorbed the culture the, the culture iconness of a Freud. Give me another example. Yes.
2: There uh, you go. I have, oh? I have to get it on the table. Oh. Very well. Yes. The Beatles.
0: Okay, good. That's the Beatles. He
2: yeah. He's a Beatle person. <laughs> Somehow
1: I noticed that. You know? I was
0: gonna say Lenny Bruce. The effect of his wait. beetle. Well, this yeah, well the he's pre-made. I think. think.
1: No, he's
0: not he's you. Pre- you and him. You missed it. I missed it.
1: Lenny Bruce was a third piece of sick.
0: Well I'm not forgiven almost six seven. Oh, he he, didn't, two he two. didn't
1: talk to you, but his attitude changed the society in which you live. Oh good. Correct.
0: In which you grew up. Right. So I just saw him marginally. The Beatles, of course, more so, where they've become the cultural dominant icon of that particular period. I was thinking more of JFK, to some degree, uh, and also Michael Jordan. Two different areas. One, a politically powerful person, JFK, who's emphasized vigor, on youth, and all that. And Michael Jordan, who really, in in a sense, dominates extraordinarily so. Be like Mike. Now, all that's part of the media, it's part of a lot of things. But, my point is still the same, that a personality who's able to dominate <clears throat> is able to impact his values and his ideas on society at large. Meaning, even those who never heard or saw him, still in all, feel wow by this person. Does
1: it have to
0: be positive? Could it be negative? It could be negative. It could be negative, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a person who just dominates. Larger than life. people is what we're talking about over here. So Now let's think about, what were the values that were most celebrated by Shemuel. So we look at Chapter 7 of Shemuel, it's a fairly obvious point. Shemuel Chapter 7, Pasuk 15. And here we have a description as to what Shemuel was really all about. Anyone have the page? okay you have it. My book's different. My book's different. Correct. <laughs> okay well Natalie shares the
1: genome.
0: I have it. I <laughs> <You> have it. I <laughs> it. So, your book <have> Huh? Your book is Zion. Zion. 7 to 15. Why ish, for Shemuel you with me? <laughs> Shemuel judged Israel all days of his life. So he was a judge. The next Pasuk, and he would travel from year to year and he would survive. he'd go all over from Bedil, Gilgal, all these places and judge the people. In all these places, he would be the roving judge. Right? Then he'd return to his home in Ramah, the high place, that was his house, and there he would judge the people. And there he built an altar to God. So the verb judge appears three, four times in these three verses, which tells this is the motif of his life.
1: That's cute.
0: His. That's what like his father did.
1: That's his father, his
0: father didn't He didn't judge. He went to the Mishkan. To Shiloh. Shana. Right, but not to judge. Yeah,
1: Shoshigali. Just to travel. Shana.
0: Correct, correct, good. So he judged over here. Now, is that the whole story? No, it's not the whole story. We look further at, a little bit further, chapter 8, verse 1. He's old. He placed his children, his sons, as judges over Israel. The name of his, what was it? Chapter 8? The name of his firstborn son was Yoel. Second son was Aviyah. They were judges in Beersheba, down south. Shemuel lived up north. They judged down south. However, they didn't follow him in his ways. They went after bribery. They took bribery and they perverted justice. In a different sense. So here you have, interesting is that when you use the word they didn't go in his way. His way was one of justice. His name was justice. His name is associated always with Justice for him, his way is his philosophy of life. He was incorruptible. He was the main man who spoke and preached all about justice. go back
1: to the, the, century,
0: the over the Okay, right. Okay, we can do that, but it's too far afield. So we define Shimuel by its philosophy of life, and it's, it's you know fairly clear. You look at chapter 12, one more source, Pasud Ret. Chapter 12, pasu Bet. Shemuel now is put to the test. All right, chapter 12. We look at Shemuel. It says to the Jewish people, I've done what you've wanted to. I listened to your voice. I have enthroned upon you a king. Now, verse 2. Here's your king that's going to go before you. I am old, besavti, I'm, I'm aged, and my sons are with you. Which is interesting in general because where does it tell me about Shemuel? No clue. No clue. The whole people Ooh, know. People told him. He's ignoring it. He's ignoring it. People told him your sons are terrible. Oblivious to it. How often do we not know exactly what our own kids are doing? Or so want to know or want to know? Correct. So no. Shemuel. No. So no. is certainly not on page with this issue. I chose him with you. Don't worry about it. He chose him with you. Now he says to them, verse three. In any be raise your voice against me, against God and against He who's been anointed. It shor me la Have I taken anybody's ox inappropriately? Anybody's donkey I was taking inappropriately? Have I oppressed anybody? Have I taken any kind of coffin, any kind of blood money? And I didn't realize it. Alim and I bought, and I lift my eyes to that person. I'll return it to you. What's he saying over here? The big challenge, what's the big challenge? Right. He's saying that I've defined my life by my integrity and my honesty. And that's who I am. And I challenge you now to find any moment contrary to my philosophy of life. And the answer is In Pasuk Dalit, you didn't oppress us, you didn't do anything with us, you didn't take anything from anybody. So he says, one second. God is the witness right now. And the Mashiach, namely the one I anointed, the king that I anointed, is standing here right now over
2: here.
0: Royal yes. You didn't find me anything wrong. They said, witness. God is the witness that you didn't do anything wrong. Now, this is a great lesson, of course, that he's doing, one can argue, for the benefit of the, of the anointed king, Shaul. You're going to eventually be judged by the people at the end of your life, whether or not you were a man of integrity and honesty. Perhaps. Perhaps. Or, in fact, means it to, to be, to uh, cleanse his conscience. It's a great point. How many leaders of people are going to do that? <laughs>
2: Isn't it interesting that that he's he's ignored his sons and that the people have ignored it also and not brought it up. Oh, yeah, you're perfect. You're clean.
0: He ignored it, right? Didn't want to bring it up. You're fine. Correct. And he repeats it. God is the witness. God is the witness. Everybody. I mean, it's a shocking statement. Okay, good. So therefore, my point is pretty clear that Shemuel defined himself as a man of justice, Right? No issues about that. That's his whole philosophy of life. Good. Now Shemuel has passed away. Correct? Something one would think, contrary to the principles of that Shemuel believed in, is going to happen. He passed away. Israel mourns him. They bury him. He gets up. And he goes down to Adbar Paran. So, if we define Shemuel, back to my 25th chapter, as the man of justice, and now we find that he passed away, and David goes down to Medved Paran, is this in any which way linked up to an issue of Mishpat or justice? Question mark, let's see. Pasuk ben. There was a man, lived in this place called Ma'on, and he had his workplace in Carmel. This man was fantastically rich and wealthy he had 3,000 sheep over a thousand goats and it came the time to go and shear his sheep in the place called carmel good next verse the man's name is nava Name wife is Waisa Abigail the woman is very very smart insightful very bright woman and beautiful the man is harsh his deeds are evil. who Kalibo, or Kalbi. Now, in this description, what comes first? Life. His wealth. His wealth comes first. Next comes his name. Why? Would you not think it more logical to first describe his who he is, his family? His name first. Right. So the Navi intention does not put his name first. Rather, puts his wealth first because... So he's got Correct. His wealth defines his character. His wealth defines who he is. His essence, is central is core. Is Good. So, what does Naval mean? Does the does the name signify anything? So, so in biblical terms, one second. In biblical teachings, names are important. Abraham's name is changed. Jacob's name is changed. It's Hakez's name a certain name because people laughed. We know Yoshua's name has changed and we have names in the book of Ruth. All those names are significant. Boaz, with strength. Makhlon and Kinyon. Naomi, she's not pleasant. She's embittered. Orif is Orpah. She gives the neck to her mother-in-law. She goes back home. All of that. So names are interesting and very significant. Right? So of course, the word name, Naval means a fool. Nevalah means an abomination. Now, does this, in fact, in any which way, tells anything about the narrative. Well, we're intrigued, but nothing yet. Right? The name has a meaning to it, Naval, nobody else is called Naval, no Tanakh, fool slash abomination. Who would call the kid that? (inaudible) But it could be another name. Have another meaning to that name. We don't know. But Naval, the popular imagination and mind, does mean something like we just mentioned. Good. Avigail means, my father is joyful, my father is gleeful. Right? And she's wise and beautiful. Of course you want to raise the question, why tell me how wise and beautiful she is?
2: we know.
0: Good. So there's a narrative of art. And we don't know who her father is. So no, father. not at all. No, yeah, may be insignificant. But let's see as we go along. But names are important. Maybe. Sometimes, sometimes. Not every single name is. I mean, we can't always find a meaning, but you find an awful lot of names that are meaningful. Okay, good. So now we have a we'll get to that in one second. A moral description then follows in verse three. A moral description of what this man's all about. He's Kashi he's a hard man. Ra Malalim Ra Malalim, he's a man of evil deeds. And furthermore, he's Kalibo or Kalbi. So now the question of course is what does that mean? Kali'bo or We know what harsh man means. We know what man of evil deeds means. Well, the commentaries are divided about this issue. It's an important term. That's why the commentaries want to know what it means. Uh, she says it comes from the tro- from the family of Kalev Ben Yefuneh, who was one of the ones who had not been against Moshe at Miragelim. They gave him a specific portion. he comes from his family. Okay, so why does she tell me that? Right? Why is that significant at all?
2: Could Kennedy Kalebo, uh, like he's selfish?
0: Okay, we'll get to that in a second, but why tell me that it comes from Kaler? So the answer... Right. Good.
1: That
0: was a bad guy. Good. So perhaps you want, that uh, she's saying, you should have known better. So this is not what to happen over here. We describe this man as from the family of Kaler because he should have known better. If you're from the Kennedy clan, you should know better not to you fool around. Be, you be, you how I not necessarily, just don't do what you did. Plan, you should not
2: fool Right. Just be careful, don't forget. caught. No, don't get caught. Don't yeah. get caught.
0: <laughs> now, on was the other there, hand.
2: Was there any connection between David and uh, the family of Khalid?
0: Well, hear? we don't That's really know. The Rabbi like Sakra has an interesting comment over here in one of the Reza commentary. He says that yes, there's, there's a close family relationship to David. So now, if that's interesting. It is interesting. Why? Because that's going to help us explain what goes on later on. Raul Bad says he's like a dog. The man is a dog. Right? He's a caliph. The man is a dog is What he does is like a dog would do, which is safeguard his own possessions and not give and share with anybody else. Good. And Radak... He has an interesting answer. He says, Kilevra, that he has a bad heart. He doesn't read it as the word kalev or as kalev, but kelev, like a heart. In other words, his external deeds reflect an evil heart. Right?
2: Okay. Libo, like his heart. He followed his heart and he was evil.
0: He's evil. He's oh, evil. So the man is evil. His external deeds follows internal heart okay so that word is interesting and it's very significant why so significant because we want to try to characterize this man and we want to try to understand how he reacts to what challenges come to the fore right so we'll see as the plot develops why is this term is so significant right but the David hears in the desert that Naval had gone to shear his sheep. It's she usually a day of great festivity, great rejoicing. It's a big mazah we're going to have. Big mazah, good kibbeh lahmajin, everything's going on the table. Correct? Correct. David sends ten of his youngsters, Ne'arim. This is David. Go to this place called Carmel. Go to man call Naval, and ask him, Naval, and in my name, ask him for shalom peace right he goes further and says and tell him call the high should always have this great wealth and this great festive occasions for every single year and your house should be peaceful and all that your house should be useful shalom 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 a very nice great blessing of peace right good seven now listen now that you are sharing your sheep and you're having this great festive occasion. The shepherds that were with you were with us. We didn't disgrace them. We didn't shame them. You didn't lose anything. All the days, all the days that they were in the Carmel. All of those days, they were in the Carmel. We didn't shame them. Nothing was missing. Right? Do with us, what? Fighting? No, it's not what it says. Let you see what it says. I heard you're having this party. Remember that all the days that your shepherds were with us, we didn't shame them and nothing was missing. All the days that you were in the Karmel. Ask your your shepherds. They'll tell you. And now comes the request. As a result of this, this, If my Ne'arim found favor in your eyes, it's it's a day of festivity. Give us Give us whatever you'd like to give us to your servants, David, and to your son David. Is that a reasonable request? No. Why not? Where is he coming? First
2: of oh, all, David. David's saying David's a good guy. Well, I don't. I, listen. I had know you guys what with us. No, you want to make? But okay. Okay. <laughs> we had you guys with us, and we didn't hurt them. What do you mean? Of course, why would you hurt them? You're okay. a Jew, you're a good guy. Why would you hurt them? We didn't disgrace
0: and them and shame them?
2: Yeah. I, I would say, you? well, why should you? You have no right okay. to If you did, you. you'd be a bad guy. Right. right.
1: Break your arms, and
2: furthermore, if you did something good, you should have done it as a Jew for the sake of doing it. Of course, now you, know, you, you want, want to come to me and
0: want something for it. Okay, good. I like that. And David seems to be humbling himself. He, though he is humbling himself. He's saying, look, I'm your son. Please, whatever you like, give to your servant. So David really is he need, he requesting. Like best, right? he, he might be. Him, he, he, like needs a, he needs support. Uh, he needs what do
1: you call it? Logistics support. He needs food. But he needs he's not asking like that. He needs he's food. He's not saying what we have he, a problem. What does he mean by "but your son"?
0: Meaning, I'm you're lower than you. So
1: sure. service.
0: Uh, I call him sir. You know, uh, uh,
1: yeah. Not really
0: correct now,
2: but he's not saying so listen. We have a problem. We're starving Got her up. Please can you help us out? Uh, we didn't expect yeah. to be in this position or I need He's you.
0: saying give me food Please hey, me food. I didn't want to you give me guys. food. Right. So now Does Naval owe David anything? So Harvey thinks very strongly. No. Okay, good.
2: Not from the face yeah. of argument.
0: Correct that she and again, we have a whole flurry of commentaries on this issue. He says if your shepherds needed anything, we gave them. So she's okay. expanding what's going on over here, correct? She's expanding it. The text only tells us that we didn't shame them. You didn't miss anything from us. She says, no, no, if they need anything, we didn't we gave them. whatever they need, we gave them. Tabin Uziel said, that's the Aramaic commentary. We didn't harm them at all. We, couldn't, we didn't harm them. So look, we were good to them. We didn't harm them. Adak the says. If wolves came to attack, we saved them. We saved the shepherds. We did it for you. So now, again, you should get getting a drift over here as to what the commentaries is trying to do. They're trying to
1: make
0: him go to the gate of the
1: Exactly. So Correct.
0: Sorry? And cleaning up the, cleaning
1: up the Correct. So,
0: so far. It. Right so now so far we didn't get anything uh strange over here but we didn't get to that point yet so now all the commentaries are trying to expand the for my party for my uh of the sheep party i give it to these men who i don't even know where are they coming from now yeah. it's a shameful response is it not he shames david He's calling him an avid. You're a servant. You're a slave. Welcome. Good to see you. He's calling him a servant or a slave. Correct? Right. Servant or a slave? But it's in response,
2: David, at face value, it sounds like they're just trying to bang him up.
0: Well, David calls himself a servant and a son. So I think he's doing very somebody nice over here. trying
2: to get something out of you, of course they're going to you. They're going to they're stroke you.
0: Okay, so David, respectfully asks some food. So he wants some food, whatever you, scraps you have left over. Please, some scraps.
2: Because I didn't hurt you guys.
0: Well, because you owe me something. I'm not coming as a beggar. You owe me something. I'm willing to be humble, but you do owe me something. Is what he's saying over here. In other words.